when we get a chance to talk to people about Jesus, please let's not tell people that they have to accept Jesus into their hearts. Let's not tell them that they have to come to Jesus. Instead, let's tell them the truth about Jesus, that he comes to them. Let's tell them that Jesus wants to give them the gift of faith and that with that gift of faith, God will accept them into his family. You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast for Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California. I think I've said this before, but sometimes it's really difficult to follow a great baptism and a great children's message like that. But I spent the time preparing this, so we're going to go forward. (laughs) Late in the 19th century, the development of the railroads here in America brought many changes to our culture, and one of those changes was the way we think about time. In fact, in in, in 1883, it was the major railroad companies who established the standard time zones that we have here in the United States. And this standardization of time enabled us to schedule our activities and and put together our calendar with a little bit more precision. And it prompted individuals to be a lot more conscious of time. And then late in the 20th century, the introduction of computers with digital clocks brought more changes to the way we think about time. We became even more time conscious, and we can now schedule our lives and our calendars with even more precision. And let's admit it, here we are now in the 21st century, and our time consciousness continues to develop. My GPS on my phone will tell me precisely when I'm going to arrive at my next location. This morning, it told me that it would take me 33 minutes to get here, and since I left the house later than I wanted to, I was very conscious of time and the speed limit as I drove here. Now, what's more, as we became conscious of time, we also became a little bit more infatuated with time travel stories. Now, we know these stories about time travel have been floating around since before Jesus walked the face of the earth. But in the 19th and 20th centuries here in America, we became even more fascinated with these stories. So as our time consciousness grew, it seems so did our fascination with time in general. In fact, these stories about time travel are now so prevalent in our world that if you've ever imagined yourself traveling back in time, you probably know there are two mistakes that you shouldn't make. If you travel back in time, Never, ever, ever get involved with your parents' dating life. That's a problem. (laughs) And if you travel back in time, never step on a butterfly. That one's a little bit more obscure, but it's part of the whole idea. It's quite possible that we are now not just time conscious, but time obsessed. We count time in matters of seconds and tenths of seconds. Maybe this is a healthy obsession, maybe not, I'm not sure, but we are time-obsessed. I'm not saying that to be judgmental, I just think as I look around, it's kind of a reality. And in our reading from Romans this morning, Paul tells us that at just the right time, Jesus was sent to the cross to redeem or reconcile sinners, sinners like you and me. And that word time deserves our attention for a little bit. The way the Bible talks about time is different than the way we think about time. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus happened according to God's timing, not our timing. 
Now, if you're like me, God's timing can be amazing, but it can also be a little bit confusing and maybe even a little bit frustrating. So maybe if you're like me, you've wondered, God, why was 2,000 years ago just the right time? After all, from my perspective, it seems like a long time ago, and if you're going to do it a long time ago, why not do it right after Adam and Eve sinned? Surely that would save some problems. Or if you were going to wait a long time, why didn't you wait until we developed the internet so Jesus could have more followers and more influence and maybe even a little blue check mark by his name? Now, if you're a believer, you understand that the answers to those questions are fairly simple. God simply knows more than we do, doesn't he? And because he is infinite, without beginning and without end, he isn't bound by a calendar and a clock like you and I are. And, well, let's face it, he just makes better decisions than we do. In fact, he has perfect decisions. He has perfect timing and divine timing, you might even call it. And that is what Paul was talking about in that letter to Romans. But I suspect that the people of Rome, when they first read that letter, they too had some similar kinds of questions about timing. They may not have been obsessed with time like we are, but they understood time in human terms. And I think maybe that's why Paul brings it up at this point in his letter. And what he says is simply this, my friends, rest assured, when Jesus lived, died, and rose, it was at just the right time. God's timing for you. And as we've already seen in the first few chapters of Romans, the passage of time as we understand it really wasn't a problem for God. Paul has reminded us over and over again that since this salvation that we have, this reconciliation, this this declared righteousness by God, this full approval by God, whatever phrase we want to use for it, since it's all based on faith, The calendar and the clock are irrelevant. Through faith, that is, full dependence on God, even Abraham, Paul tells us, even Abraham, a sinner who lived a long time before Jesus, even Abraham was declared righteous by God. He trusted God's promises and God's word. And when we scan through the Old Testament, we see this all over the place. Noah, another sinner, found favor with God, we read. And what about David? We think about David as perhaps one of the bigger sinners in the Old Testament, and he's described as a man after God's own heart. And what about Ruth? Not just a sinner, but she came from a non-Israelite family, one of those pagan families. And she, too, was welcomed into the family of God. All of this is because they trusted in God, not because they were somehow extraordinary or sinless human beings. And my friends, you are sinners too, and so am I. You've heard that before. You've admitted that before. But I hope you know that on account of your faith in Jesus Christ, in the perfectly timed life and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you too have been declared righteous by God, just like Abraham was even though God, Jesus, lived 2,000 years before we lived. And yet there's another misunderstanding about God's timing that we need to consider here for a little bit. It was a misunderstanding that the Pharisees or the Jewish leaders of Jesus' day had, and it's a misunderstanding that still floats around in our culture today. 
And I think perhaps the best way to describe this is with a personal story. It's, it's a little bit of an embarrassing personal story. But last Tuesday, my son proposed to his girlfriend. And he did it while they were hiking in a little, in a little uh, park by our house. And after the hike, he brought her to our house where their friends and our family had gathered to kind of celebrate with them. And my wife and I, of course, were more than happy to host this little celebration. And we took some time to clean up the house a little bit, of course, to decorate and spruce it up. And I really shouldn't say we. My wife did most of the work on that. I was busy doing other things, I guess. But she did a great job getting the house all ready to go. But this is the embarrassing part. As much as I wanted the party to be about them, and it really was, and I knew it would be, as I prepared for it and looked around, I thought, maybe if we had a little more time, we could even spruce the house up a little bit more, maybe shampoo the carpets or, or polish the furniture a little bit better. Don't get me wrong, like I said, the house looked really good. But maybe it wasn't good enough compared to the event that we were celebrating, if only we had a little more time. And the Pharisees, among their many false teachings, were busy telling people of their day something very similar about Jesus. They were telling people that God would indeed send his Messiah, his promised Christ, but God was going to wait a little while because the people needed to clean up their act. You see, the Pharisees, by and large, had their act together, and God was waiting for them to tell the people how to clean up their act, and then God would send his Messiah. And Paul, of course, was speaking directly against that. At the right time, Paul said, the right time was while people were still sinning. And sadly, some people today still have that same sort of faulty timeline about Jesus. They teach that Jesus is God, and they know that he is holy and perfect, and they're familiar with that passage from Revelation chapter 3 that says Jesus stands at the door and knocks. But they think that Jesus is knocking because he wants to come in and inspect things. So they determine that they need a little more time to clean things up, to spruce things up and decorate a little bit and say, see, Jesus, what I've done with the place. But they need some time to do that. And that, too, is a confusion that comes from our understanding of time rather than God's timing. You see, my friends, and I suspect you know this, too, no one has enough time, or enough of anything for that matter, to make their lives good enough for Jesus. But Jesus still comes to us while we are still sinning. He knows that things inside, so to speak, are a disaster. People are still sinning, and he knows it. When Jesus stands at the door of people's heart and knocks, he isn't coming to inspect. He is coming with a gift. And this is true and was true of the Roman people. It was true of the Jewish people. It's true of the people who hang out under the bridge on Beach Boulevard. It's true of proud American people. It's true of patriotic people. It's true of progressive people. It's true of Democrats and Republicans. It's true of all people. Jesus comes to us at the right time, which is while we are still sinning. And until the day Jesus comes again, he doesn't come to inspect. He comes with that gift. And it's a gift that will clean things up. He comes with the gift of faith, with the gift of grace. 
And when a person unwraps that gift of faith and they make it their own, their life does become clean in God's eyes and not just pretty clean or sort of clean, it becomes perfectly clean in God's eyes. When people receive that gift of faith in humility, they have that same righteousness of God that Noah had, that Abraham had, and that Ruth had. That's the approval of God that Paul has been talking about in the book of Romans, and it's really the approval of God that the entire Bible talks about. You see, this complete and absolute nature of God's righteousness, it causes some problems for some people. And Jesus was talking a little bit about that problem in our gospel reading this morning. Summing it up this way, everyone is unrighteous, there are no exceptions, but nobody likes to hear that. And to make matters worse, everyone is completely unrighteous, dead in your failures. That's the words that Paul used in the letter. And the only way to regain God's perfect righteousness is through faith in Christ, and the only way to have faith is as a gift from God. Now, I know you've heard all that before, but you can see why some people, because of human pride, tend to reject that gift. No one likes to hear all of these onlys and all of these absolutes. We like to think that maybe there are some other possible solutions that we can come up with. After all, we built a railroad that'll travel across the country. Surely we can fix this problem too. People like to think that sometimes they're a little messed up, but usually they're all okay. And if they do come to a point where they can admit that they are unrighteous, they still might to think that, well, if given a little more time, they can clean things up, or perhaps given a little more time, they can find a faith of their own that will get them through. This is how strong the ego can be in a human, and it can be a source of strife between people, and Jesus was saying it even can be a source of strife between family members. My wife and I have a dear friend named Michiko who lives in Japan, and she became a believer as an adult, and she was baptized as an adult. And she was very afraid to tell her parents and her sister that she had become a Christian. After all, in their minds, she was abandoning the religion of their Japanese ancestors. And they weren't wrong about that. And this can be a very, very shameful thing in Japan, reason enough to separate you from your family. Now, fortunately, her family didn't disown her, and she still has chances to talk to them about Jesus. But in that story, you can see how this conflict that Jesus was describing can develop. It's a conflict that can result when we get a little bit warped sense of our timing versus God's timing. And again, the book of Romans and all of God's word tells us a quite different story, doesn't it? It tells a story of an eternal truth. Yes, it says again and again and again that everyone is unrighteous, unrighteous, but it also tells us that the righteousness of Christ was offered to us at just the right time. So I want to get back to our sense of time here for a little bit. I realize that you probably have a little, a little sermon clock running in your head, just like we have a, a baseball, a, a clock in baseball. So we'll get back to that, especially because, after all, it's a holiday weekend, right? So let me finish up and summarize here just a little bit. As we've seen, 
God's timing is different than our timing, but that's a good thing. We didn't need our time or even our understanding of time to receive God's righteousness. But now that we have it, we do have some time left in our lives. And what are we going to do with that time? Spending time here in worship on Sunday mornings is, of course, a good thing. And spending time in God's Word, studying it with our brothers and sisters in Christ, another very good use of time. But what do we do with the time when we aren't in worship or Bible study? What do we do when we are spending time with people who don't yet know Jesus? Perhaps we can take some time to pray over those experiences. We can pray that, in time, we would have the opportunity to speak to people about Jesus and about the gift of faith that he has. I know the thought of those kinds of conversations scares us, and I I can't promise you that people will always welcome that wonderful eternal truth. But the best thing that we can do is to continue lovingly and humbly sharing that truth. So when we get a chance to talk about Jesus, and I say when, not if, when we get a chance to talk about Jesus, it's quite likely that the people we're talking with will look differently than we do. They will think and talk differently than we do. But when we get a chance to talk to people about Jesus, please let's not tell people that they have to accept Jesus into their hearts. Let's not tell them that they have to come to Jesus. Instead, let's tell them the truth about Jesus, that he comes to them. Let's tell them that Jesus wants to give them the gift of faith and that with that gift of faith, God will accept them into his family, just as he did Ruth. My friends, our time does continue to move forward. I'm reminded of the old song, time keeps on slipping into the future, doesn't it? Our time advances, and our lives will eventually come and go. But in God's perfect time, Jesus died and rose for us, people of faith. And that salvation he brought to us, that gift he gave to us, is eternal. It surpasses all time. And that's a wonderful gift from Jesus. In his name, amen. Thank you for listening today. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found on our YouTube channel and at www.bethanylutheran.org. Links for both of these are in the show notes. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. We pray that you have a wonderful and blessed week.